Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. I think given the strength of this draft and given what will be available at 13, a lot of the players that, that are going to be there are going to be potential impact players. I think you keep the pick because you don't have a ton of holes right now. Now, if the right, if the right thing comes along, you have to at least consider it, but I think you're still going to land an impact prospect at 13. I think there's going to be a lot of players that a lot of teams desire there, and I do think that's going to be a really marketable pick. If that pick is going to move, it would be more to being a part of a package to acquire something that's going to help them as early as next year. And I do think that that uh, will present itself uh, come draft day. I would likely hang on to it. They don't need to rush their process. They've developed a really strong pool here, one of the strongest pools of prospect in the NHL. Uh, I think this is an opportunity for them to add maybe that one thing to it, as especially on defense, if they go that route, to really round out the pool. If they're patient with this process that they're in, that there's going to be a payoff here in the next couple of years. Draft is just over a week away, and our experts are chiming in not only on what reality the Sabres may face come draft day as far as trading or keeping the pick, but also talking about the prospects available in this year's draft class of 2023. So we look forward to that. Our first draft preview show is out on our social media channels right now. And we encourage you to dive in as we will continue to do so over the course of the next nine to 10 days. Welcome into Sabres Live. Or is it? One can never be sure nowadays. Marty, <laughs> how are you today? I am doing fantastic. I'm looking at myself on the screen here, and it looks like I got a silk shirt. It is not silk, people. It is a nice cotton, but it looks like it's silk. I feel like I feel expensive right now, and I like that. Who would wear it better <laughs> in Buffalo? Noah Hannafin or Clayton Keller? Well, um, I mean, I will roll out the silk red carpet for Clayton Keller if that ever was a possibility. Uh, look, I, I'm not. we've been talking a lot about defensemen, and we will continue to talk about defensemen, and I think that's the focus. But obviously, a week from the draft uh, or so, about eight days from the draft, there is a lot of rumors that are starting to circulate, right? And players that you don't expect that maybe – are going to gather some uh, some interest from around the league. And all of a sudden, Clayton Keller's name is popping up. This is the the one player Arizona has that is like the, the, the building block for the future. 
He has what five years left at seven point one million or so. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, hello, um, look. If Arizona wants to gather a lot of prospects and picks back and say, "Hey, we're we're that team in the NHL. We're not one of thirty-two. We're one of one, and we do our own thing, and that we don't care." Go ahead and do that, and and trade Clint Keller. I'll be I'll be the first one to uh, to um, in a fantasy world put a package together and see if uh, it measures up to to what the uh, the final ask would be. I thought you were going to say the first to pick him up at the airport, but I what, will do that too. What what do you think a Keller package would look like, just hypothetically from Buffalo's standpoint? Okay, well, hypothetically, uh, Jack Eichel, uh, despite the injury surgery looming, uh, gathered a, uh, a significant NHL player in Alex mm-hmm. Stuck, a former first-round pick in Peyton Krebs, another first-rounder. So there's three, uh, what would you would consider premium pieces uh, that a player like Jack Eichel got. Clayton Keller, although not... Jack Eichel, um, because Jack is obviously a second overall pick, a center, uh, but there was the injury factor, I think should gather the same return, at least mm-hmm. three premium pieces. That would include a first-round pick. That would include mm-hmm. a, a prospect that is a first-round A++ prospect and mm-hmm. a roster player. Could the Sabres mm-hmm. do it? Absolutely. I, And I'm not saying that's the number one priority for the Buffalo Sabres, but the Sabres have those pieces to say, hey, you know what? Like, what if we wanted to, you know, put the 13th overall pick? That would give Arizona 6, 12, and 13 to start this year's draft. I mean, yes, that that would be enticing to Arizona to say they have three of the first 13 picks in -hmm. the draft. Maybe you package two of them, you move up a little bit more. I don't know, right? You can always do some of that stuff number two um so there's a plus plus prospect the sabers have a bunch of them you know mm-hmm. i look i love yuri kulik and matt savoy and the rest of them isaac roseanne and and a lot of the other guys but noah austin noah austin uh you know there's there's a lot if i have to package one of them i'm packaging one of them if it mm-hmm. has to be a peyton krebs type player i don't know that i wouldn't go jack quinn jj paterka mm-hmm. i think that i would try to avoid that but if it's peyton krebs i'm doing it and then a, a, a roster player, I think we all Well, Krebs would be the roster player. Could could be or could be an in-between. As a young player that was a first-round pick, still considered that prospect if you have a roster player like a Victor Olofsson that goes along. So or maybe it's the two of them. Maybe it's a lesser prospect, and you have Krebs and Olofsson going with a first-round pick. So you have two roster players which mm-hmm. can make one premium piece a prospect and a first-round pick. Maybe that's the way to go about it. I I wouldn't be worried of saying, oh, well, that's four-piece to one. Uh, mm-hmm. Four-piece piece to one, and you get five years of Clayton Keller at $7.1 million, a guy that will, in my opinion, still continue to score 35-plus every year and get 80 to 85-plus points every mm-hmm. year can play the left or right wing. Like the Sabres don't need centers right now mm-hmm. with their, their configuration of Tuck, uh, not Tuck, Tage Thompson, Dylan Cousins. And then if you have Middlestat in the third hole there, um, you don't need a center. You you could have somebody on the wing and, and mm-hmm. have a, a fantastic top six, even top nine. Right. And all of this very much, um, you know, kind of par for the course at this time of year, like, 
take a name, run with it. And obviously, Arizona has consistently put themselves in this position with names being out there and more and more draft picks to be made. I think Keller is still, after an 86-point season, which, by the way, came on the heels of a horrific broken leg to close out last yep. year. I To say he's untapped would be wrong, but I think he's grossly underrated, and I can only imagine what life would be like with a cleansing of the mind and not having to deal with everything they've had to deal with in Arizona. You know, I mean... I, I just I that's really a big problem, really... Duffer. You, what you just said is wildly underrated. So I look at Arizona, and I know that they have the whole rink, you know, situation right now. They play at the Mullet Arena. Their huge sports complex complex mm-hmm. got voted down, whatever. But it's also about promoting promoting what you have, promoting your players, building a buzz around it. I remember when Anze Kopitar was in LA. Nobody around the league knew who Anze Kopitar was, but you would walk the street of L.A. and there was billboards and there was graffiti. It was Kopitar. Like, he was just a young guy, but mm. they promoted him. They they build, like, an identity around Kopitar. Arizona's not even doing that with Clayton Keller right now. He's He's almost a wasted asset in their organization at this point. Well, the hard part about sitting here and maybe fantasizing about Clayton Keller is that the uh, there would be an enormous marketplace to acquire this player, and St. Yes. Louis would likely be at the front of it. They have three first-round picks this year. <laughs> they are the only team with three first-round picks, and it would take Keller back to a place he's very familiar with. So, um you know, I, I we'll see, um, but it's a name that's out there. The one thing that we need to dive deeper in on here, and we're going to keep the rumor train rolling, obviously, from now all the way through Thursday of next week. Heck, it may last two more weeks after that because free agency is going to kick right in, and then, yep. you know, more dominoes will fall. More and more dominoes, really, will fall. Um, I, I look at what you just said about the prospects that are currently in the Sabres lineup and or are expected to be in the Sabres lineup very soon. And I think we have done a really nice job of, you know, painting the development path for many of these players. And a lot of the credit from the head coach has been given to the assistant coaches. Well, Mike Weber packed up for St. Louis last week, and now Michael Pekka is heading for to be reunited with Peter Laviolette for a third time in his career, having done so with not only the Islanders when Pekka was a player, but with the Capitals when he was working in some player development role there during COVID. So now Pekka is off to New York and with the Rangers as an assistant to Laviolette. So I I asked Seth Appert this morning, was it something he said <laughs> that caused both of his assistants <laughs> to leave? Um, but in all honesty, as you would expect, the response is development and we want our coaches to grow just as much as we want the players to grow. And I think deep down while losing a couple of incredible humans and good at their craft coaches, I think he's really excited for both Weber and Pekka and these opportunities. Should be. I mean, part of the head coach's job is to develop uh, the assistants. Part of an organization is to develop the coaches, the players, the training staff, the equipment staff, all of it, right? Video coaches, 
um, that's what you do. Now, with Michael Pekka, it's interesting because years ago, I got a call from a, um, a, a NHL team executive and says, hey, we're, we're interested in maybe bringing in Michael Pekka um, and our coaching staff. How do you think he'll do? And I'm like, I have zero doubt Michael Pekka is going to be a fantastic uh, development coach, bench boss, uh, you know, uh, helping young and older players. And they're like, yeah, but a lot of time players that played that long and had that much success, they don't want to put in the work. I'm like, Peck's put in the work in everything he does. If he wants to be good at golf, he will be on the course every day. If he wants to be good at coaching, he will be in the classroom, in the, the, the coach's office. He will be watching video. He will do it. That's what he does. That's why he was so good as a player. It didn't come easy for him. It was hard work, hard work, hard work. He learned those lessons. And um, just a few months later, not the same team, but the Washington Capitals hired Michael Pekka as a development coach their shortened season, the 56-game season. And mm-hmm. Peter Laviolette had brought him over because they had a taxi squad and they needed a little bit more on-hands approach to help with the extra players. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Pex told me after his one-year stint with the Washington Capitals that Peter Laviolette wanted Pex to stay on board, but they, they didn't have a position for him mm. to fill. Like, there was no taxi squad anymore. There wasn't that opportunity. So Pex really found a nice spot with the Rochester Americans to continue to develop. And and luckily for the Sabres and the Amherst, Peter Laviolette didn't press on for Pekka to stay with the Washington Capitals. Like we benefited from having Michael Pekka in the organization the past couple of years. And he did a fantastic job. So did Mike Weber and so did Seth Appert. So now it's going to be interesting because they're going to have to find a couple of people to fill in those big shoes, right? But that's an opportunity for somebody else. There's a ton of of development talent in this organization, right? From mm-hmm. Adam Mayer, who was also on the bench, right? Helping the Amherst one season. You got Nathan Page, you got Tim Kennedy. You got a lot of really good talent. I'm not saying they'll move into a coaching role. There will be obviously some interviews that's going to be done, a search that's going to be done. But there is talent, and the Sabres are able to find that talent and put them in the right spot. Well, it's always good for us to check the calendar. It is June 20th today, and we, of course, have development camp immediately after free agency and the draft. That's a very small window. The expectation, I believe, is that they won't have their assistants named by the time development camp runs its course. But there are obviously, as we have seen historically at these events, a ton of players, to your point, development ones, um, assistant coaches at you know and Don Granado things like that. There there are a lot of good hockey minds in place to guide the group through the development camp. We'll see. Who knows? Maybe something materializes quicker than what. I have they a suggestion, Duffer. Yes, I have you? a suggestion. You. We come as a package deal. We come as a package deal. Like we could bring all of our notes for the last few years and just be behind the bench and be like. Just do the show from the bench. It could be a multi-purpose thing. We'll do the show from practice, from the bench. We'll do from the bus, from the hotels. We could do it. We're a duel. What could I possibly bring to development for these guys? One word. You have have so much knowledge. I have seen you on the ice. Uh, By the way, the 11-day power play starting. And 
Um, I've seen you on the ice at the oh 11 day power play. Look, uh, for those that don't know, you can skate, you can shoot, you can play. Yeah. If your back holds up, you're pretty good. So I'm yeah. telling you, you could bring a lot to this organization. Okay. You do a ton I, of video, you know, all the good websites and analytics, uh, you know, tools to, to really dig in you prospects, you know, them. okay. I'm going to let you in on a little something that happened at the end of the Amherst season. And, you know, packing up in the booth Ooh. with Don and, you know, walking solemnly down the stairs towards the dressing room after the heartbreaking loss to Hershey. More on that story coming up. Um, you know, I've always felt like I don't want to intrude. You know, I don't want to like I'm not there. Right. I'm not in there. I just you got to pick your spots and whatever. And I told you this when I ran into Lawrence Pilot in that chance opportunity there after the game and he just kind of emptied the tank emotionally as to what the whole year meant well i've been so welcomed in the last month two months really traveling with the group and being around them all in the playoffs i just wanted to make sure i popped my head in the room to say thanks to you know the trainers the medical equipment staff some players obviously um but the coaching staff too. So I popped my head around, you know, the door and there was the whole coaching staff, a few extras, Jason Carmanos, Kevin Adams. Right. Yep. And, and Michael Pekka gets up, reaches out his hand and he goes, Duffer, you're now officially an Amherst. And now <laughs> like it, it was great in the moment, but now I'm thinking, was he like handing his job off to me here? Like what's going on? So passing the baton, he was passing maybe, the baton. Maybe there is an assistant role, and wouldn't that be? Oh my gosh, wouldn't that be? A, what a story that could be! Moonlighting in a, from my job, but also serving as an assistant coach. Zoom is a wonderful thing, Marty. We can do this stuff from anywhere. I used to do uh, part of my intervention on the uh, previous show from the the bench during morning skates. Nice. I set a camera. Follow me around. I'll have a microphone on. I'll talk. I'll explain what yeah. the drills are. We'll teach. We'll do uh -huh. all of it. Um, but no, um, I think the Sabres are going to look and they're going to find some great talent. I think even finding Seth Appert was a oh. great find from the Buffalo Sabres, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it wasn't easy. They looked around, but they found the right person. They will continue to do their homework and look around. There's, uh, again, some great Young coaching talent. Maybe maybe Patrick Raw comes in as an assistant to set Appert in Rochester because he wants to get back to the NHL. And uh, maybe that's the job Patrick needs to take. More goalies. <laughs> that's all we need, right? We need more. Uh, we always need more goalies. Oh, which, by the way, yes. um, since we're on the AHL kind of, mm -hmm. you know, little bubble here, big game last night on NHL Network. Don't know if you got to catch some of it, but. All of uh, it. I was just Valley. disappointed there weren't more replays. But anyway, uh, it was a weird. Um, yeah, well, obviously it's a local. You guys did a fantastic job with the Amherst and, and MSG, but uh, there was it was a lot, not a lot of replays, as you pointed out. But Coachella Valley tied it up at three three. Game seven will be in Hershey. Our buddy no, Andrew no. Podorowski. No. It's in Coachella. Our game Valley. seven will be in Coachella Valley. That's right. Two three two. You're right. Sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, they're not traveling. My bad. But um, Game 7 will be in Coachella Valley. Uh, but Andrew Podorowski, friend of the show, local mm -hmm. product, had two assists in the win. And he's looking to go and get his third Calder Cup. I mean, um, that's pretty impressive. And I'm rooting for him because last year's Calder Cup party 
um, that he threw here in Buffalo was really good. And I want another party. So Patsy, we're following you. We're cheering for you because Duffer and I want to be invited again to the party. I'm inviting you this year. We're a duo. It's a happening. Duo. It was a really impressive game from Coachella Valley. Again, it's their first season in the AHL as Seattle's farm club. Cole Lind, Max McCormick, dominant presence, Riker Evans, another couple points from the blue line. So those three guys yeah. are your leading scorers right now in the playoffs. Joey Decord bounced back after um, more tough luck than tough games in losing three one-goal decisions in Hershey, including two of them in overtime. But they also, um, you could tell because it was a Coachella Valley broadcast that was on NHL Network. There was a significant amount of concern after the game's opening two and a half minutes. The shots yeah. were seven or eight to one for the visitors. It was one nothing for the Bears, and they were playing with a swagger. And then, neutral zone penalty, power play goal. Power play had been dormant the last few games, and boom, Seattle or Seattle Coachella Valley just got on it and really never wavered the rest of the way. It was impressive, over 10,000 again, sold-out barn, Acrisure Arena, it's a beautiful sight. I mean, stunning, like, just right out in the middle of the desert, you know, like, it's it has its place there, and I love to see it. And the other thing I thought of, Marty, is... Who we, says hockey can't be popular in the desert, right? Arizona is a different thing. Coachella Valley is a buzz. It's amazing, but also, as the game was going on, I was reminded by things we've talked about a lot, and I was watching it going, wow. The pace of this game oh, yeah. is so not like what the AHL used to be. And that's just, that's a really great thing for the game, in my opinion. It's, it's, there, there was, and, now there was two, three times, Duffer, sorry, uh, in like the second period where there was regrouping, fast action, regroup, fast ag- attacking, regroup, fast attacking. It was pretty cool. Now, also, what's cool, and I have always been a big fan of him. I, don't, I know it didn't work here in Buffalo, but Dan Balsma. Here's a coach, right, that went back into the AHL as an mm-hmm. assistant and then a, a, a head coach of the AHL. Uh, Sue Bickle I played with, who is an assistant. And Jessica, Jessica Campbell is also an assistant. She was a great yes. story last year, obviously, at the yep. international level. And they hired her. So I I'd see another team that thought outside the box, right, to, to add to their staff. And Rochester did the same thing with Seth Appert, Mike Weber, Michael Pekka. And you're getting success that way. And, and Shana Goldman always talks about, you know, the – Recycled uh, coaches around the league, and she wants more new blood and new coaches. And I think what Coachella Valley did, yes, with Dan Balsma was an established person, but they added some really unknown people and new people and fresh people to uh, to that. And uh, uh, and Coachella Valley to me is the best team, the best team uh, in the finals. I know they were down three two. Hershey, mm-hmm. like who on Hershey really? blows you out of your mind like they're wow. just an older slow you down type of game Coachella is fast and they want to go yes and the one thing you can say about Hershey is that they are 90s-esque in how they yeah. stick to their system and when you win who are we to sit there and pull it apart but I was concerned back when they were playing Rochester. I broached that topic with you one day. It's like, is this bad for the game? Right? And it's a tough one to answer because winning is ultimately maybe the greatest prize that you can give to players on the rise. Give them that confidence boost, that winning environment. But at the same time, if that ends up not being the style of play or the, you know, 
even a popular style of play once you get to that next level are you in fact grooming your players right for where they're going next and that's why we talk about it all the time right with what the sabers are doing and trying to foster that three plus goals per game so they can jump in at the nhl level you know I was talking to Bruce Boudreau yesterday. Um, he lives in Hershey and went to all three of those games in Hershey. Uh, and he said, there's maybe one or two NHL players on, on, on the ice, right? There's, there's 40 players. And he goes, I don't see more than one or two NHL players out there. So um, that's, that's the feel is that those two teams are maybe the best teams in the AHL in terms of teams. They have experienced guys, older guys, but there's probably not more than one or two NHL prospect, good high-end prospect players that will move on. Where Rochester alone had probably four or five. Mm-hmm. Now they didn't get to the Calder Cup final. Maybe they needed more maturity and and look, it's part of development. But if I'm the Sabers, I much rather have a team in Rochester that makes it to the conference finals and has four or five high-end prospect that I'm looking at for the next few years, as opposed to say, yeah, it's great, we want to call the cup, but. There's nobody on that team that's going to help us down the road, right? That's that's mm-hmm. the balance of the AHL, and I think Rochester has that great balance. Well, it was also, you know, not to belabor this too much, um, you know, Hunter Shepard's had a great playoff run. He was lifted in that game um, just yeah. more for rest purposes. It was funny because Ole Kolzig was on during the intermission and said, if he doesn't play in the third period here, he's definitely starting game seven, as if as if Ole's <laughs> the coach. Um, but Fakali has had wow. now two... Fukali has had now two cameo appearances where he's looked absolutely flawless, but yeah. I suspect that Hunter Shepard will be in there for game seven. So anyway, it, it concludes Wednesday night at 10 Eastern time, and it will be another sold out event to close out. I'm so excited for the American league. I just think, you know, what a window this is for them to, to showcase the oldest franchise in league history, the newest one, in front of, you know, big crowds at this time of year and obviously still plenty of prospects to to showcase as well. So good for them. And we, of course, are focused on, well, to a lesser extent, the award show in um, a week from today, which is yep. in Nashville. And then that's followed up by our buildup. We'll be on site, of course, in Nashville uh, for some extended programming, shall we say, here on Sabres Live and of course, our draft night coverage and draft day coverage, which goes over the Wednesday and the Thursday, days one and two. Along those lines, Buffalo picks 13th overall, assuming they don't trade the pick. They've got a couple of second rounders. They've got a third from L.A. It'll be a, you know, a year with less volume when it comes to picks compared to the last two years but ample opportunity to still be a big-time newsmaker at this event. Marty and I started today on the uh, defense train. We'll dive deeper into it based on what's gone on around the league with an Oliver ekman Larson buyout and an emerging trade target in Noah Hannafin. Why would he be a good fit in Buffalo? It's all next on Sabres Live. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. 
Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.